Welcome to another episode of Read the Room on the No Filter Network. Well, welcome to a uh, another episode of Read the Room, my brother. How are you? Oh, just living the dream as usual out here in sunny Arizona. But yeah, I like to refer to you for this episode as the Grand Funk Railroad Master of Arizona. So, boom, you know. Thank you for you that. You got it going on out there in the Grand Canyon State. We do. I live right next to a train station. Fun fact, the downtown of the city that I live in uh, was a way station for prospectors yeah. uh, visited by none other, than, none other than Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. You got Frequent, love that. Yep. Frequented the Northern. Stone is the best Wyatt Earp movie ever made. Of course. And so the best good. Doc Holliday movie. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, Val Kilmer, kill me right now. Just mm. Law awesome. just don't go around here. Savvy? Savvy? Law dog. You know what I mean? That's Kansas Law dog. Yeah. And I, that I, actor I, is an amazing playwright also. He's uh, a terrific character actor, but he's also an amazing playwright, uh, that, that guy. He's incredible. And he's buff as shit. He, isn't he the same guy in Avatar? Yeah. Yeah, like the big... Yeah, big he's like 90. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, he it's a trip. Incredible. And then yeah, you've got trip. young, fat Billy Bob Thornton. Right. Which I didn't recognize that, that yeah. that's who that was. And then I think Sling Blade came out like right after that or mm-hmm. something. And he was like, you know, meow, 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 you know, doing that whole thing. You know, that's supposed to go out of you into a commode. What are you drinking, bro? Gatorade. Got to uh, get okay. my electrolytes on, go. bro. Get it by the gallon out there. Yep. I make my own. There you go. There you go. Well, um, the uh, Senate just passed the um, railway strike bill, 85 to 15. Sounds about right. Let me think. Count that. No paid sick leave and no cooling off period. Both of those bills were voted down on a 60 vote threshold. So my family members who uh, are conductors and engineers on the railroad north of you in Wyoming um, are not getting what they wanted. And so the agreement of only eight out of the 12 unions, the four that did not agree to it, that led us to this ludicrous intervention by the Congress under the Railway Labor Act for 1926. So let's count that off, shall we, kids? 96 years ago, that was written, right? Yeah. A couple of things have changed since then. Water comes in plastic bottles now. Mm -hmm. And oh, we can communicate other than shouting or the telegraph or whatever. Yeah. Right? Speaking of shouting, not to sidestep, but please tell me you caught some of Kanye on InfoWars today. Holy 
fucking shit. I, I read about it, and then I saw some of the Instagram video, and I'm like, the guy's off his meds, and there he's got some serious problems. I mean, you talk about a conservatorship that could occur in the not-too-distant future. You know, at least uh, Kardashian got 200 grand out of him per month uh, for uh, their four kids. Yeah. You know, before he went to the nut, goes to the nut house. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of interviews and I watched pretty much all of it. And I've never seen a more bizarre, off the wall, and perfect for InfoWars because, poof. Yeah, Alex, Alex Jones, Jones is a psychopath. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, and all of his little minions are just, ah, uh, uh. But yeah. it was intense. I've never Plus he heard. wore like a sock over his head or some shit like that, right? It was a BDSM mask with zipper eyes. Oh, let's intensify it and make Balenciaga uh, somewhat relevant. I got it. Yeah, okay. which was his point, I think, because he was trying to denounce Balenciaga in between his jabs at Zionists and his love for Hitler because he yeah. couldn't stop saying how much he loved Hitler and Nazis. Yeah, well, let me, let me put it this way. You know, it's the Christmas season and you can be a turd in a swimming pool without the pool or the turd by simply starting a sentence off with Hitler, not too bad of a guy. Yeah, that ends it right there for me. I mean, I'm like, okay, pretty much heels and exit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exit stage three. Um, Jeez, it was what a psycho. Yeah, so I don't want to spend too much time on that. I just was wondering. If no, you're not about... derailing me. I hate you. Brunchi, <laughs> brunchi, right? Uh, don't start with <laughs> rail puns, please. Well, again, back on the on the, the railroad. Don't issue, railroad me. Just highly unfortunate. I mean, you know, the Biden administration failed uh, in their effort to cut a deal. So Biden bullshitted the country in the middle of September when he said we've got a deal, and they leaned into his microphone like the uh, like a quiet whispering pedophile and said that he had a deal. Did you see any of that? No. I tried to watch as little of Biden now because it's gotten to a point to where I just get angry. And right. I want to feel compassion for him because he's clearly a dementia patient with just a, basically, the caucus or the squad shoving their hand up his ass and moving him like a puppet. But I didn't catch that. I've been trying to... Uh, these are such mad times, dude. And I'm, to be honest, trying to focus a little bit more on the things around me while staying in touch with the important stuff, like the stuff that matters to us. You know, I read the reports and, um, you know... I like to read more than watch, but it, it's that thing where you know how you see a picture or you see a video of something, 
and it it sparks an emotion that is much different than reading about something and uh you have been one to always encourage reading read this article read that article read this and i think that's a better way for me to uh instead of inhaling my news you know just kind of what's the word i'm looking for consuming it at a more medium pace and not letting it affect my outlook on everybody because i mean it's so hard still you read all that stuff about the fucking princeton and yeah what the the classes they have going on then you read about how they're getting rid of the lsats like right are you like where are we right now you know and you can only read so much of this stuff until you're like okay i need to put it down for a sec and focus on the good things around me because it's not all madness it just really looks that way and no there's there's a lot more good going on it's just that you know the loud horn honking of certain sectors whether it's in institutions or it's um you know, you've got a chief executive in the White House that just constantly bullshits people that he's doing the right thing. And the and the numbers and reality just completely undermine that, right? I mean, yeah. they were, his fucking chief of staff is worthless as tits on a bull. Um, tweets that out that, that, yeah, that gas, gas is like going down uh, to an average of $3. I'm like, you know what? People don't buy averages, fat boy. They buy four dollar and twenty nine cent gasoline and five sixty nine uh, a gallon here in Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, hold on a second. You still with me? Well, <laughs> there's a, so much that is. Anyway, what I was going to say is he's tweet. And so I said to him today, I was like, you tweeted this seriously. I mean, there's so much shit going on. It's like, you don't, you idiots don't understand the fact that we move from a summer blend to a winter blend. And we move from August and and post Labor Day driving now into the fall, and you don't think that commodities are going to go like this and then shoot right back up as we get into real winter across this continent? Are you people out of your fucking minds? So you know, the, I, I just it you want to ask them to slam their heads against the, their desks until something smart comes out. Because right yeah. now, nothing is. I mean, you got this this curly little cheese-haired idiot in the press room saying that Biden visited the border. I'm like, date and time, please. Please. Can we? And Can then he whispers help? in the microphone today with Macron standing next to him who got everything he wanted, including American taxpayers continuing to pay for the goddamn war in Ukraine, um, uh, and says... 
he made a deal that nobody else could. That was his first sentence, his first response. And I'm like, yeah, you made a deal that nobody else could because you failed. And yeah, now Congress had to take over. I think he meant that nobody else would because uh, he just got laid over a table in American History x in the laundry room. Oh, yeah. No, his face was right on the curb. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he, everything this guy is touches in his – everybody who's involved with him – is such a dumpster fire. Like, remember months ago when we were talking about, uh, you know, transgender Biden and the guy who was running our nuclear program, Sam Brown, Mr. Puppy Play himself. Yeah. And we're like, the the guy is mentally unstable. Well, maybe he's really, really good at nuclear physics. So I'll try to ignore his personal life in the fact that he's unstable. So what? There are smarter people than that asshole who, who aren't mentally unstable. Yeah. And then you read the reports that months ago, he decided to steal luggage right. from an airport that belonged to another woman, ripped off the tags, and then used that luggage as, it was, as if it were his own, dumping all of this woman's clothes in the Hyatt that he was staying at. It's like... Mm-hmm. These are the people that you're surrounding yourself with at the top levels. And this isn't an isolated incident. Like, we can go through every single person on his staff Mm -hmm. and and find something about them in a way that proves they are terribly flawed. They are spiritually and and mentally unstable disproportionately. Okay, I mean, you had this aging fossil who looks like a character from Harry Potter, the Treasury Secretary, and I say that with tongue deeply embedded in cheek uh, with this broad. I mean, she's useless as tits on a bull also. Uh, That the consumer and their splurging are to blame for inflation. Yeah. I mean, people shopping. just careen one of these off the side of her head and go, yep. lady, stop bullshitting us, okay? We know why inflation starts. It starts through government. Everybody knows that who understands economics. You're just completely full of shit. And, of course, she said it on that moron show uh, on CBS uh, late night. The guy, the idiot with the glasses whose sister oh. got her ass kicked when she tried to be governor of North Carolina. Yeah, who is it? Slow Bear? Yeah, Cole Bear. Cole Bear. Yeah, did you see when Jon Stewart was on there? Oh my God, that was fucking amazing. Jon Stewart, and you could, I mean, he was talking about just very kind of tongue-in-cheek about, so this was a few months ago, talking about about, uh, COVID where it came from he's like you have a lab that says the covid virology institute of wuhan covid comes and has an outbreak in wuhan well maybe you look at the place that has the name covid virology center 
first and foremost. And you could see Colbert's awkwardness, like one of ours just stepped over the line. And then he came on this last week, and I, I do want to play this video for you at some time. It doesn't need to be yeah. today, but he had the most eloquent speech about where we are at as a country in terms of comedy dying and how so many people are privileged assholes that can't listen to another side. And, Correct. you know, the topic of Kanye came up and the topic of, uh, you know, he's Jewish and mm -hmm. he's making light at it. And Colbert's getting upset at him, an actual Jew, making fun of a situation because... You mean like Seinfeld? Yeah, because so a Catholic like is every episode of Seinfeld for Lebanon. Yeah. yeah. And he's talking about this is the problem. Like... Comedians have to be able to say what they want to. Canceling a Chappelle 100%. and having people outside picketing to get rid of him because they don't like what he says. Like, this is the problem. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to conversate. Don't you agree, Stephen? And he goes, I'll say again, I don't believe in anti-Semitism in any way, shape, or form. That was all he could say. This entire so he sounded like Joe Biden. Yeah, it was just a paid, and, and you saw, and Stuart laughed at him for it. He's like, oh my God, my friend is officially paid for, bot. Like, well, so no is John Stewart. Um, I, I lost my faith in him a long time ago because um, when he started coming to Congress uh, and bitching about uh, health care for um, first responders in 9-11, after Trump gave them $50 billion for their health care fund and then did it again and then did it again this year uh, with Biden on the burn pit thing. It's like, you know what, pal, you're grandstanding, you're old, and you're tired. So why don't you go back to your roots and go out to the nightclub circuit and start, um, start actually... Um, writing jokes and telling jokes again and grow a pair of balls like Dave Chappelle. And about that's that? the steward I enjoy more. I'm not yes. going to pretend that uh, I enjoy the activist Stuart more than the comedian Stuart. But it is a little bit telling when you have two guys who are best friends and one of them is the mouthpiece of the left and he thinks yeah, the his left friend, and the media and the dnc and the whole nine yards yeah, yeah all that ridiculous and he thinks that his buddy's gonna fall in line and his buddy goes outside of the circle and you can just see the sheer mm -hmm. terror in his eyes and disgust and uh, they literally cut to a commercial at one point because they don't want him talking. They literally do not want him to finish what he was saying. And Stuart knows right. it and kind of laughs like, ha ha, of course. You know, and it's those little moments that are really telling to me. Like, you can hate Jon Stewart all you want. 
But the yeah, fact that I don't, is, I don't hate him. I just don't, I just don't. Uh, no, any, I'm not uh, saying you. I'm just saying anybody in general at this point. Like he had an original thought that was outside of that sort of think tank mm-hmm. ideology, and it was so telling that who Colbert was in that. Well, moment. and then a few months ago, he came and did a whole other, you know, woke rant on a couple of things. Uh, and then they put him up on Apple TV for a show, and now that's gone. Well, yeah. Because apparently like that, that was about as popular as a, 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 a fart in an elevator, right? The only thing that I used to like about Colbert was his affinity for... No, I'm talking about Stewart. I mean... Oh, Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like Letterman and Seinfeld. Like, they're going to do what they do, and, you know, they're trying to stay relevant to an extent but they're dinosaurs and they'll die off when they die off um just do as least harm as you can on your way out and you don't have any problems with me Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's clear that there are more people starting to speak up and speak out against what is happening on the left and I kind of compare it to a snake eating its own tail because I just, oh, read, so. yeah, I, I just read a report about there's this woman who just you, the second you look at her, you're like, she's a feminist. Like you, you just immediately know. And she self identifies as a radical feminist. And she's on not just a not just a feminist, but we have to put a verb in front feminist. of it, right? And she's right. on Fox News, suing a county because she got or laid ad, off because me. she said "fuck transgenderism." Oh yeah, I saw that in reference to Title Nine. And so yeah, now you have a radical feminist uh, going to battle with the LGBTQ community, and. They used to be on the same side, and now they're mm-hmm. starting to uh, – different people are tired of getting their piece of the pie taken. Well, and, over the last couple of years, you know, they they built this framework with this um, non-binding glue of all these ideas, right? Yeah. Green New Deal over here and Black Lives Matter over here and transgender BS and – uh, CRT and you know uh, uh, identifying as this that and the other thing and pronouns and all this other yep. movement and that glue is starting minor to separate. attracted persons down here yeah. yeah yeah you can you can have sex with a six year old if you're forty you know and stuff like that it's okay right yeah and and that glue is starting to separate and it's largely because uh, a handful of things but uh, not well thought out ideas, not ideas that the mainstream will pick up and utilize. Because uh, you can sit there and honk a horn forever, but one of three things are going to be happening. Um, the battery is going to die from using the horn uh, um, too much. Someone's going to yank you out of the window uh, and pull your hands away from the steering wheel from honking the horn and beat the shit out of you. Um, or um, you're going to get arrested for disturbing the peace. So figure it out, right? So you can scream and yell and get on your knees and cry and all this stuff all you want. But people are just going to go, yeah, we're not interested. 
Okay. Yeah. And then on top of that, the policies that they have implemented around the country, especially in public safety, criminal justice, um, etc., are coming back to haunt them because you can't you can't let out seven thousand pedophiles in the corrections and jail system in California without there being some kind of ramification uh, or effect on society. You can't um, allow black folks or anyone that lives in the inner city to continuously be shot and killed for the last two to four years. I'd, I'd argue all the way back to that absolute aberration called Ferguson, Missouri back in 2014 is when you know, this Obama uh, Eric Holder bullshit started and uh, not have a ramification on a voting block that goes, we're done with you guys, right? And so that glue is starting to separate. Um, and these, the, the Sam Bankman Freeds and the little ball-headed freak that works in, in, in the FERC in nuclear energy, I mean, you know, it's time, like I said on Instagram the other day, it's just time to purge the freaks and geeks out of this administration uh, before you completely decimate the party of JFK, which I would argue with Hakeem Jeffries, who's a total scumbag, election denier, and a, and a, uh, a bigot, uh, has effectively killed the Democrat Party by nominating that clown uh, as Democrat leader in the minority in the House. Yeah. I mean, they... Their policies are so flimsy, and they tried to group in every single group that felt marginalized. And yeah. I get they wanted to give a voice to as many people as they could. Before they knew it, they had a monster. It snowballed. Every single person now believes that they have a voice that is valid, and no matter how <laughs> immoral it may be. Yeah, on, on Twitter. And they try to make these policies and hold all these people, bind them together under one flag. And instead of using cement glue, they... Well, with fear, retribution, and cancel culture, after they bowed up on you, uh, if you disagreed with them, right? Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, is victims will never (laughs) overcome. They will never overcome. It's just the way the world works. The world is built off of competition and people that strive for more, people that overcome. Victims never ascend to the top, period. Right, but good public policy or good ideas uh, require a consensus, right, Uh, of the the majority. And and again, if you, the, the, the only successful and it's 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 not even successful. The only way you can succeed by forcing someone to do something is by using governmental authority, right? Yeah. Which is why we have Which checks and work. balances and safeguards, not only within our government between the branches, but also the private sector, which disproportionately runs this entire society. Um, you you don't have a successful program if you force people to do something in a private company, it just doesn't work, right? Yeah. They leave, uh, uh, management gets fired, the project fails, what have you. Government gets away with it because it's so goddamn benign. But even in this vote uh, today, and there were three votes, 
uh, in the Senate today, um, you had uh, passage of the um, House bill that came over. Before that, you had um, the attempt to pass a cooling off period. And then second, you had the attempt to pass and provide seven days of sick leave, neither of which happened, right? And they went, mm -hmm. okay, final passage on, you know, House uh, Joint Resolution 100, thank you very much. What are we doing? 8515. And uh, I think Rand Paul voted present, but Josh Hawley, who's from Missouri, you know, middle of the country, unions, trains, you know, lots of transportation. He's like, um, I'm not in favor of something that workers aren't in favor of, so I'm not voting for that. I am mm -hmm. in favor of sick leave because workers wanted that. And if we're going to support uh, blue collar workers, not only just bring them into our party, but show them that we actually hear them, then that's the way I'm voting, right? And that's what a lawmaker is supposed to do. They're, that's why we have representative government. So um, I appreciate that approach. Um, Schumer did what he wanted to do because that's what Biden wanted him to do, which is to agree to the uh, eight out of 12 union position that failed, which subsequently caused us to have to... Uh, caused Biden to have to get Congress involved because he couldn't finish it himself because he failed. And I will tell you this, there's 12 unions uh, in this gaggle, right? Mm -hmm. The four that didn't agree, who still don't agree, my two family members are a part of, and they are a majority of the total union membership of all 12 of those unions, those four. Don't expect that this is over with. Yeah. This is not over with. Whatever binding language, and I haven't read the Railroad Labor Act from 26 because I don't do anything in transportation, so I don't give a shit about it, but uh, I'll see language from it. But whatever binding language is in there that says, okay, Congress came in, stepped in, here's the agreement, uh, White House signs it. I'll be interested to find out how long is uh, how long are labor and management bound to that? Number one, what is the uh, legal authority that binds them within that 26, 1926 legislation to today? Is it in perpetuity? Is it just for the remaining two years and the 24% back pay they get back to 2000, et cetera, et cetera? Um, so a little bit of money is okay, but what they didn't report on, and this is really quite onerous, Rick, is, you know, you work in a public school system, mm -hmm. you're a public employee and whether you are or aren't in a union is irrelevant uh, to me, but, um, you have sick leave mm -hmm. that comes from collective bargaining. Mm -hmm. That collective bargaining is something that. You know, Uncle Jojo there, the union boy who completely let down the unions. Okay, so Uncle Joe is Lucy. The football are the unions and Charlie Brown is the workers. Mm -hmm. And he screwed both of them. That's going to come back and haunt them politically. The problem with this 
um, long term is this is only a two year deal. They're supposed to have a five year agreement. They've been negotiating since 2018. Mm hmm. Well, excuse me. What's in two years? 2017. Yeah. 2017. So Trump uh, just kind of went, all right, you know, I forget who off the hand who was, who was labor secretary. Oh, it was uh, uh, Scalia's kid, Eugene, uh, uh, or uh, Scalia was his labor secretary. And, um, and, you know, they were like, all right, you guys, you know, keep talking. But um, they screwed these guys big time. And then they used COVID as a, as a, uh, a fulcrum to implement, are you ready? You're sitting down. You know, take a drink of your Gatorade if you want to, but don't spit it out at the screen. A year ago in November, they gave notice and then they implemented it January of this year, a point system. A point so system. So my brother-in-law, either one of them, has a sick child and says, I know I'm scheduled but my daughter's sick. I have to stay. He gets, he gets docked six points. And then if he gets in a car crash, um, he gets docked another six points and so on and so on. And that starts to affect his ability, not only to get scheduled, but to remain employed by the, um, the railroad. Okay. So nobody's mentioned Berkshire Hathaway. Nobody's mentioned Warren Buffett. The fact that he owns BNSF Railroad. Mm -hmm. I think there's one other railroad system that's also owned by a private equity uh, uh, and uh, fund. The um, Vanderbilts. I can't remember off the top of my head because I just I just don't. I follow up is important to my family, and I just I don't lobby on transportation stuff, and so I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of the day. Um, they haven't been talking about that at all either. So they have no sick leave. What other industry does that? Railroads. I don't. That's it. Yeah. Not yours. I mean, definitely not mine. I mean, <laughs> I live in a right to work state, so technically mm -hmm. the uh, the hospitality industry kind of gets fucked in those aspects because. Yeah, you're supposed to get time off for being sick, but, you know, if you're a bartender, server, whatever, and you're like, they always tell you, you need to get your shift covered. You know, I got canceled right. on a job once because I was sick, didn't show up to a shift, told them I was sick. They're like, you need to get it covered. Nobody would take my money. I'm like, I'll pay you to cover my right. shift. Nobody would take it. I'm like, look, no, like, I can't work. What, do you want me to cop on the food? You want me to cough in people's drinks? Well, it's but... interesting you say that because that's what my brother-in-law told me yesterday is his conductor partner um, was in the cab coughing, sneezing, mm -hmm. uh, um, and sick. And this is a direct um, uh, result of that point system that says, sorry, Chuck. We ain't giving it to you, and if he get, you know, he got racked up because he had a dental appointment or something else. Um, the guy yep. shows up sick to work. Who the fuck does that? Oh, and I forgot. 
they have essential worker status under uh, the COVID regulations. I was just going to say, in this post-COVID climate, you would think that there would be systems in place. Like, how can you tell everybody to get the jab and that you are a proponent of keeping everybody safe and healthy and then have a deal fall apart on the basis that you don't want to give them sick leave? Right. Like only in America could you be this hypocritical, have this much hypocrisy. It's pretty bad. Like, and it's all over. It's it's not just this issue. There's so many others. But when you when you talk about this specific issue with that, your family is a part of is going through to know that they probably were forced at some point to get the jab or were told they need to get the jab. Is that fair or do they work in an industry where they didn't have to do that? They did. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And to force them to do something like this and then not provide them the cooling period and sick leave, like that's the most, uh, that is so immoral to me. Well, the political football that the Democrats created by failing uh, from the White House to get a deal, lying to the American public about a deal, and then making Congress have to take this up, which is not in their purview. That's not what Congress should be doing. I mean, you know, there was a a great statistic that I read the other day that from Julius Caesar to George Washington covering 18 centuries, there were two modes of transportation, horseback and boat. Mm -hmm. All right. So they all moved at the same speed for 18 centuries. Then 1789 comes, and he's our president. And about 30, no, about 43 years later, the railroad appears on the scene, right? Mm -hmm. Changes everything. It does. You understand the national security and importance to the economy, et cetera, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. So I understand while the the, uh, Railroad Labor Act was written, and that was 1926, and that was a time when labor unions were beginning to be created here in uh, this country because we'd taken yeah. advantage of workers for many, many uh, decades and millennia before. Um, so I get it. But the law is 96 years old, and it will likely be amended next year. And yeah. Republicans in the House who constitutionally are required to start legislation there and send it to the Senate where the Democrats are at 5149 because Herschel Walker's uh, going to continue to be a private citizen living in Texas after five days from now. Yeah. Um, no shit. Uh, are going to force the Democrats to make changes, which are then going to allow the unions to go and force uh, the railroad industry uh, to come to the table and give them what everybody else who's an essential worker uh, or not uh, has, which is paid sick leave. Yeah. And you, yeah. Need, you not, definitely need to see Biden uh, uh, fall over himself when a fucking NPR reporter had the brains enough 
to ask Stop. him specifically that. Now, I want to ask you, Mr. President, about the uh, uh, railroad strike and the fact that, and I'm asking you why you couldn't add uh, the sick leave provision into the deal that failed, and she said that, and that fucking pissed him off, um, that then Congress in the House had to put in there, and this is before the vote uh, mm -hmm. an hour and a half ago, um, uh, occurred in the Senate, but did occur in the House yesterday. So they added the sick leave in the House. Yeah. And they sent it over to the Senate, and the Senate mm -hmm. went, sit on it. No, thank you. Yeah. Eh. Right. It, and then he, of course, you know, he does his pedophile lean into the, you know, microphone and starts super slow. Uh, nobody did a deal like I did a deal. I'm like, yeah, you failed. Yeah. Nobody wants to do a deal where they just failed, dipshit. You know, I don't uh, even know why then, he, then he rambled on. But you got to see that you'll you'll fall out of your chair laughing and rolling your eyes at the same time. I mean, I have seen it. I've seen it for two years. It's, you know. <laughs> You fill in whatever words you want, but it's the same mannerisms every time. I mean, he's yeah. just a clueless, lost old man. That yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's you know, we went from a guy that couldn't shut up and stop talking about himself to a guy that can't even under can't even remember what day it is or who yeah. he's talking to on the stage, uh, let alone. And then he, he just started making up shit, Rick. It was just it was so bizarre and unfortunate i mean i and enjoy I our enjoy oldest ally the uh, value of it. Our country's history standing next to it yeah i mean <laughs> it's amazing that he is like we're gonna look back in 20 years and be like we had a president like this like we're either in this mess because of that period or we're gonna look at it as like I can't believe we had this moment in history where everything was so haywire that we were worried about ageism over right. having a competent leader right. of the free world. Like we were more worried about the few people who get harangued for mm -hmm. being old and incapable. Well, let, let me let me throw something else out there. Um, in the midst of his rambling between listening to uh, uh, French reporters ask questions in Francais, um, not English, and he, and he said, you know, I understood every word you said, but I don't speak your language, so I'll answer your question, and tried to get a joke out of it, but it fell flat because he's an idiot. Um, he said... To Macron, after Macron made a statement about some of the things they talked about and agreed to, that we'll have the next couple of years to make sure this is implemented. He didn't say six years, Rick. That yeah. wasn't a that wasn't a mistake. It wasn't. No. That's a shocker. He finally didn't make a mistake. No. Zing. I mean, they're you know they're obviously trying to game the fact that they can get Trump in so much legal trouble or indicted that he can't run as a candidate and then Biden's freed up and then they can have Gavin Newsom and some other asshole uh, on the ticket and DeSantis and any of the five that I've talked to you about the last year and a half yeah. that I, w I would, that I see uh, as potential VP uh, 
candidates for the Republicans uh, are on the ticket. Um, that is a scenario that could very well play out. I, I, I lean more in that direction. Yeah. And then for and, health reasons, he just simply doesn't run after they've gotten a indictment of Trump. Yeah. Doesn't mean the indictment's going to stick, but, you know. Doesn't mean it's going to stick, but, you know, I'm sticking by my previous take of him pulling a 98, and that's, he's just clearing the way for DeSantis. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's he's bold enough and certainly arrogant enough to run again, like, well, you put can't it to this way. Trump out can, of they, can they find a fucking federal judge that would indict the guy? Oh, yeah. Sure they can. Yep. There's probably 40 of them. Maybe yep. 80. You know, between Clinton nominees and fucking Obama nominee. Right? And then he's doing, he's he's throwing out federal judges like chicklets right now. So he's got about 85 of them or some shit like that. Um, yep. It's just a question of, you know, where do they go shopping? And, uh, yep. and who has the temerity... Uh, to, uh, you know, end up wanting to do that, right? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We'll there will be somebody, and that's, you know, a discussion for the day another time. Uh, I do find it interesting that the contract that they agreed upon, quote-unquote, is only two years because we obviously right. know what's in two years. Uh, right. A big election, so I feel like... 100%. There are going to be a lot of repercussions to those who pay attention to this issue going forward, uh, specifically with who's going to be the candidate. Do you know how many um, Republicans voted for this thing out of the House of Representatives? Three. 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 So we are setting ourselves up to be able to be the voice of the, of the blue-collar worker and say to them, yes, in fact, you did get screwed. We're going to fix this for you. And you send uh, and here's a, how. a modified version of the 26 Railway Labor Act over mm -hmm. and go, we're fixing this. And yeah. paid leave, uh, uh, you know, 15 sick days, the whole nine yards is in that. And you'll end up with moderates, Democrats, independents, etc., cetera, uh, pooling together to go thumbs up. I mean, if they can find find $1,200 a month for somebody to be gender fuck. Right. I mean, you can find a couple hundred dollars for one person yeah. for some sick leave for the year. Like, you know, well, it's, you know, it it's is, basic it's, working right. Yeah, it's you know? bringing, like, it's bringing the, um, uh, the American railway labor system into the 21st century, yeah, not into the early part of the 20th century. And so um, it isn't that they can't afford it. It's just that they've pushed back against it for many, many years. And this was something that, um, and I, I am glad that Trump's administration didn't try to headbutt this thing themselves. And, and, yep. and, get in the middle of it because it's not the place of a chief executive uh, in government at all. And it's really not the place of Congress. And so hopefully they'll modify this thing and push it out there and force the 23 hopefully. Democrat senators that are up next year or in 24 uh, to vote on this fucking thing. Yeah. Cause these are issues that are near hanging around their neck here to, to me and mine, you know, like you've mm -hmm. got your family being affected by that. 
I live in a right to work state, so we deal with this yeah. shit constantly. Like if you right. don't have a career, and even if you do where you're making salary, it's still a pain in the ass to find that time. You know, we still live in a place where if you get a flu or you get a cold, a common cold, how many of us have gotten a common cold where we just are like, I can't do it today. Like I'm throwing up, I'm shitting myself, whatever the reason, you can't go to work. You don't want to be contagious. You want to keep the people safe around you, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But you know, there's nothing, the only thing that cures a common cold is rest. There's no vaccine. There's no prescription drug that you can take over the counter meds. There's nothing you can do to cure a cold. It's just your body healing. And there are places that I've worked at that my loved ones have worked at where they tell you, you need to go to a doctor and get a doctor's note for a fucking common cold. Now, let's see. If you actually cared about the person, you wouldn't worry about that. If you actually cared about them getting better you would say rest don't go out into the world get more people sick put more (laughs) people in danger and take longer to heal because now you're taking hours out of your day where you could have been resting but you're going and running errands right just to get a piece of paper saying and every doctor writes the same thing they have a cold and I'm like, can you tell them how stupid this is? We can't do anything about a cold. They have right. a cold. And it's like, before the days of having virtual appointments, you know, you had to deal with this stuff. And if 100%. you didn't give that, if you didn't give those notices, you would either A, lose your pay. They would say, well, that's a day that we can't give you pay for because you don't have the proper paperwork proving that you were sick. So now those people that are living paycheck to paycheck just lost two days of pay. Or even worse, you're fired. You're done. You don't bring that piece of paper in, you're done. And it shows how expendable some of these people feel their workers are and when you see this happening to the railroad industry of all industries i mean they should have a they should have a historical grant you know like railroads are like national monuments in this country it is it changed the world changed the world Yeah, the railroad. No, the railroad industry is, you know, it's iconic. It's historic. One hundred percent. My um, wife's father was on the railroad for almost forty years, right? Uh, my brother-in-law, my other brother-in-law, my sister's husband, or um, my sister-in-law's husband uh, is as well. And the so only thing we hear about the railroad is how. Japanese and Chinese were treated badly (laughs) today. That's all we hear about the railroad. Right. And, and I'm not saying that didn't happen, but there is more to that story. And somehow railroads have been painted in this sort of 
intolerant, racist, prejudiced light, like railroads are Twitter. part of that dynastic, <laughs> racist, inherent intolerance that America right. has professed for years. When the reality is railroads connected one side of the coast to the other, and we were able to transport goods and raise our economy in a way that changed the economy of not just America, but the world. And these well, workers, like right your family members, you, should be protected. You know, promontory Point, right? Yeah. In, uh, in Utah, the home of the Flying Elvises. Right? Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. Flying Elvises, Utah chapter. Um, in, you know, in the, in the um, time I've got left today, I want you to talk to me about um, your feelings as a sports person relative to certainly the the win against Iran was wonderful, right? For us, Estados Unidos, boom, we're in the round of 16. Gotta love it. Peace, love, Obama. Love it. And, um, and the contrast of how that makes you feel about um, what the Iranian players are going through and, and what they have to be concerned about. Because I, I, I have my own opinions both as an athlete and a, a lover of sports i don't like i'm not in love with soccer but it's sports so you, it's got my attention you know yeah well it's because i think it's terrible personally I, I think what the the fact that these players have to mentally gear themselves up to play against an opponent on a big stage like that and then worry about whether their aunt uncle brother sister parents or wives or children are going to be tortured, beaten, and killed uh, mm-hmm. because they don't do something has got to be just. I can't even. I can't even relate to that. It's like, you know, and it, it happens. Breasts or something. I'm like, I, I have no idea what that feels like. It's hoodlum mentality. You know, it, it, it's something that has happened. You know, South America has had these type of cases, and. We've never seen something as high profile as this. Like, America and Iran are enemies. There is no doubt. You have these players that if they are not state property, professing the laws of the Islamic State in their country, you know, heaven, uh, heaven protect the family members of the players that might speak out right. against world atrocities, atrocities they see at home, civil rights, women's rights. You know, we could go through a whole list of all of the awful things that have taken place in and around Iran. And it's insane to me to think that we have this game in soccer where the World Cup's the most popular sporting event in the world. Nothing yep. gets as much television. Nope. Viewerships is there's nothing. There's not a show on earth that gets more views than the World Cup final. Period. Yeah, the the the, the, the NFL is like a, a peewee football league uh, game yep. compared to that stuff. Yeah. 100%. And to think that such a highly monetized 
global event can have a team that will go home having to worry about if they are going to live like that simple if they are going it's to so live. messed up man in like think of think of the american players like just to kind of shed a little bit of different light obviously we want nothing more to move on but think of how team usa will feel if reports come out that x player from iran is murdered x wife or wife of said player is raped and murdered right daughter is raped and murdered like think how the american players are going to feel complicit in that you know like we they they 100 their hands are washed clean of it but the reality is is they took part in that like mm-hmm. they did their job they made their country proud i was shitting balls during that game uh god we don't make it easy yeah i watched the last 45 minutes of it it was oh my uh, god intense and i mean some of these iranian players were like purposefully trying to foul these guys to get them out to like weaken the team so they could have a chance of winning right but also it seemed so they could show the ayatollahs and these psychopaths that throw people off of buildings and stone women to death that yeah you know we're working we're trying please don't kill my family right yeah and it'll get brushed under the carpet under the bed as all of these civil rights issues do when it comes to sports it'll be a hot topic for a hot second and then it'll be gone you know like talking about china you know me and my lady were talking about china and how you've got an entire population of people in internment camps that are being eradicated because of their religious beliefs and how the chinese government mandated that all the athletes and all the participants must stay in the olympic square and if they go out they are going to be prisoners of war right because some of the players wanted to go to these internment camps and show the world what mm-hmm. China is doing, and China protected against that, and we had big discussions now, here on no. But correct me if I'm wrong, though. Now those those Uyghur camps that were uh, uh, set up that were being used to manufacture iPhones and Nike gear. Which one of those um, sponsors factories was the? Um, factory where they were making the nike t-shirts that said united states with the swish logo on it and the factory that just said swish logo states on it that the smart ass fucking u.s soccer coach dared to wear because he's a woke fucking pussy i i'm just curious because you're 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 clued into that kind of stuff more than i am so could you identify, are you able to identify uh, which which sweatshop, which workshop that was? Yeah. Um, all of them. 
because it wasn't just that coach got wearing it. them. There were okay. plenty of other idiots out there wearing those same shirts, completely clueless to what was happening to the Uyghurs in China. So I'm just going to let you know that if I ever meet this guy, restaurant or whatever, or Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warrior coach, I will slap the fucking taste out of both their mouths. They're okay? just, they're just I will. the worst. They're gone. They're, they're, they, they're going to lose a fucking molar. They're going to bite the inside of their mouth, and they're going to get wine spilt all over them, too. Add LeBron to that list, too. I mean, yeah, fuck that clown. You know, he has those comments. He has a fucking Chinese out. hand puppet. Yeah. Fuck him. He's talking He's about the WAPO article that has Jerry Jones uh, outside of that, uh, his school when it was segregated and, you know, black kids were going in. Right. And they were, you know, I'm like, watch a football life, dude. Like, this is an old story. Just because WAPO decides to drum this up. He's like, you guys have plenty of questions about Kyrie and his anti-Semitic comments. Why aren't you asking me about Jerry Jones in this picture? It's like because we have we've already gone over this, dude. Like just because right. you're tuned into a Bezos uh, press and you're getting this story now, which is right. about 10, 15 years old. How, how old is LeBron James? Was he 35, 37 years old? Something like that. 39, 38. Okay, 39. All right, so he's not even he's 40 yet. the worst. So it was interesting because I saw that and I just skimmed by it because that kind of stuff is like um, uh, teardrops and rain to me. It just yeah. makes no sense. But I, he's I, calling I said Kaepernick to myself Jr. when I looked at it, I was like, well, we solved those problems already. Yeah, all, this all is done. All you pussies are doing is living in the glory of our success and you're pulling at the knitting of everything that's already been done because you don't have anything else better to yeah. do and you don't have any other fucking solutions to nope, go spend your billions of dollars and shut the fuck up unless you're going to you know, make society better. I have Not by never tearing it down. heard, I've never heard while they talk about the intolerance and the slavery that ravished America and made it what it is today because slavery right. still exists. I have never once heard them talk about the African kings that originally sold their slaves to the Europeans, they don't want to therefore about making an economy. It wasn't like the Europeans went over there and just started plucking them. They there are 40, had million, their own there are 40 million active slaves in the world right now, and a disproportionate number of them are still in the continent of Africa. But they don't want to talk about that. We're going to force that reality on them because these guys and their little minions in school systems and other institutions are going to force parents to go, you want my vote? You want my money? Get, the, get these people the fuck out of here. Okay? Yeah. I mean, and just you, you look at what just happened in Florida with all those superintendents that got fired and are getting fired, those 25 out of 30 school board, the board of education people that got out, thrown yeah. out over the last election, 25 of them are DeSantis people. It's like, we are done fucking around with you. People. I can't believe I'm saying right? this, but Florida is amazing. Like, to think that Florida it of is. all the states would be the one that it, we would be is. saying they is have their shit together, uh, big a time. haven of uh, just basic logic 
you know, I was reading a story going on the sports tip about, do you know who John Kitna is? He played quarterback in the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals. So he has a son who's a backup quarterback at Florida. He just got arrested on three felony accounts for pushing child pornography. I saw that. Yeah. Now, he's from Washington. And I said, well, I kind of feel bad for this guy. You know, it's not his fault. He comes from a state where that stuff's totally legal. Because you can have kids have sex ed classes in BDSM shops where they will literally teach you how to use the kinks and sex toys to the children. And he goes over here and shows pictures of new boys in Florida, and Florida doesn't put up with that shit. So in one place, he's totally fine to do that. And in another place, it's outlawed, as it should be. Shout out to Balenciaga. Yeah, and so, you know, again, the the um, uh, contradiction, the, uh, uh, yeah, there's a litany of words you can use, the hypocrisy of all of this crap uh, is, uh, it's not lost on American voters. What has to happen is <laughs> there has to be leadership and an alternative to exactly what in the hell is going on. Uh, 100%. What people actually want to have happen, right? Yep. And we don't have that yet. Trump's gone, and that populism and noise is gone. You've got Grandpa Joe for another 24 months, and then that asshole is out of there. And um, uh, we have to replace a titular leader, an elected leader at the top, while we're also working with our governors in Florida, in Texas, in Tennessee, in Georgia, in Indiana, in yep. Ohio, um, uh, et cetera, and along with state legislatures. But a, a number of these governors really have their shit together and how they are um, driving commercial success, uh, stabilizing their environments, Supporting yep. their law enforcement and the framework of society. So the governors need to make their states it. stronger. Yeah, they need they to make their states stronger under our laws of the Constitution, the Deck of Independence, yeah. whatever you want to point to in terms of yeah. legalities and how a country's supposed to run. Governor's job is to let's make our state better, and then we need to get the politicians that are supposed to be working together on Capitol Hill. We need to we need to start pushing out the people that listen to an Alex Jones or an AOC and start oh, listening to the lies. people who are the you know the Tulsi Gabbard types yeah. or the Thomas Masseys that can at least yeah. listen to an opposition. Like yeah. I'm not expecting them to be perfect, get along, even vote for their ideas, but they need to be able to sit down at the table. Period. So yesterday, yesterday and today, you know, I had a couple of phone calls from different chiefs of staff, uh, longtime colleagues of mine that have called me up because there's been a series of votes on different things uh, the last couple of days. And they were checking with me as a subject matter expert, especially in criminal justice matters, to yeah. make sure that uh, their boss was voting the right way. Right. 
and we were talking through a, a bill today that uh, a number of Republicans went no to, uh, voted yes in committee, but by the time we got to the floor, they were like, we're not voting for this. Largely because it's duplicative, because a lot of the grant programs and the outreach, et cetera, already exists. So you're already funding it again. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, we're no. not doing that. It's not that we don't support, you know, subject X, but it exists in five it other already. Yes. It's already being financed. So, so they are money. Yeah, they remain true to their conservative core about small government and paying for uh, what you what you desire, and and they can address this obviously in the next Congress. This bill is not going anywhere. No, um, uh, but my but point you've got is, these chuckleheads is... in there right now, uh, ran by you know the Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's and some of the conservatives that are still standing by. I'll the point one out to you in just a minute. Yeah, they treat issues like Ukraine. They treat them like a stripper. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is they just throw money at them. Just throw money at them. Lots of dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. That's it. They just, they're like, oh, I know how to handle this. Well, I'll I'll name one. Uh, Her name is Senator, U.S. Senator Cynthia Lummis. From Wyoming, mm-hmm. she goes on um, on uh, Bartiromo's show. I think it was this morning, um, and is talking about Sam Bankman-Fried, and she's on the banking committee. But she's also she also um, self-appointed her her own self as an authority on digital currency. And I'm like, give me a fucking break, lady. All right. I know you're rich as Roosevelt. You used to be a House member. You sat out um, uh, two or three terms. Um, Senator Enzi, my son's old boss, passed away. Seat opened up. She came back in. She won it, etc. This broad today, which is very disappointing, says the following. Blah, 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 blah. And we've got to make sure that the American public understands uh, what digital currency really is. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's nothing. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me show you what, let me show you what nothing is. That's what, that's what digital currency is. As we integrate it into the money supply and, and that's what one of my bills does. And I'm like, okay, here she goes glory holing. And I, I I didn't know that she was going to say this, but it didn't surprise me. When she said, so therefore, we have to have uh, more of uh, the regulatory entities, the SEC, uh, um, doing their job and give them the resources to address this, which means more FTEs, more money in their budget, and growing the size of government, which we know... Gary Gensler hasn't done shit about Sam Bankman-Fried or we wouldn't have this debacle. The same as my friend, my old congressman, Chris Cox, didn't do shit at the fucking SEC during the uh, housing uh, disaster 
in mm-hmm. 07, 08 that Alan Greenspan helped create uh, when we deregulated um, the banks, the brokerages, the insurance industries, and we allowed the Democrats to insert into that deregulation that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, this is in the late 90s, yeah. would, would be the, pri- the primary recipients, along with the private sector, the countrywides and all the banks, uh, of um, uh, mortgages through the federal government, right? Yep. And we went, yeah, sure, no problem, as Wall Street was kissing our ass, tickling our balls on the Republican side, and the Democrats were going, goody, we get to grow government some more. And, yep. and then you have, the, you, have, you have these idiots like Greenspan. I mean, this guy is fucking dumber than a bag of hammers, right? And everybody believed his bullshit yep. that he was the second coming. I'm like, you know what? You couldn't fucking fill Milton, uh, 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 Greenspan, or, uh, uh, Milton Friedman's fucking shoes, let alone carry his, carry his luggage, all right? The yep. guy's a punk, and he gave us this problem. And so we, uh, we ended up with it, the same as in, in 08, that a regulatory yep. agency that was supposed to take care of shit fucking failed, and they did it again, and now we want to grow this. That's typical Washington. So typical. I'm very disappointed in Lummis's approach. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times they're going to need to replay this. Like, set up more regulations in an effort to put government more involved in the private sector and then pay these people off that are supposed to make the rules that are only making themselves richer until it crashes. And then, of course, we know that we will bail them out. And the people at the bottom will pay for that. It's unbelievable. It's crook. It's just, it's flat out crook shit. I mean, I, I get it. I understand what they're trying to do, the whole nine yards. But I'm like, guys... You know what? You guys are sending such the wrong message. They already should have sent the fucking U.S. Marshals over on a plane and snatched this curly-haired little faggot out of his shorts, extradited him back to the United States, and that son of a bitch should be sitting in an orange jumpsuit somewhere instead of a New York Times deal book uh, fucking seminar that he was doing with that fucking dipshit from CNBC yesterday. Andrew Ross Sorkin, I mean, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, come on. I mean, he's going to prison anyway, but. Yeah. Whatever. Cryptocurrency is the biggest joke. It's tulip mania all over. And the one of the biggest red flags for me, so, you know, when I lived in the valley, I frequented the pool. And, you know, I like to get my laps in. It's how I would get my son. Bronze like a Greek god. And there there was always this thirsty mom down there. And she was a young woman and in and out of a relationship with her guy. And, you know, when they're on the fritz, she would always try to be friendly. And one of those type of girls that'll, you know, try to reach out to you late night on social media. One day, oh my God. out of the blue, comes up to me. No, thanks. Yep. You know, I'm reading. And she comes up to talk to me about how amazing crypto is and how ahead of the curve she is on crypto. Now, this girl 
couldn't win a spelling contest if the only word she had to spell was her name. Right. Like she was, to quote you, dumber than a box of nails. A bag of hammers. A bag of hammers. Thank you. <laughs> and when I heard her talking about crypto as if she were some sort of expert, that was the red flag for me. Like, okay, now I know definitively this shit right. is a scam. Because if it's this like the two person, guys that used to be bartenders that were selling real estate in the movie The yep. Big Short. In the Big Short. <laughs> so good. So good. And then they take them to yeah. a strip club. <laughs> right. Right. And they're like, yeah, I've got four homes. I've got five. I've just got mortgages out on all of them. You know, they're right. like, you need to get out of that. Yeah. It's about to crash. <laughs> You're, you're going to die, okay? Yeah. Or you're going to do so much blow that your head's going to blow open, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, um, you know, again, just real briefly on the on the, the Iranian soccer players, I mean, I just, you know, athletes are, are very special people. Um, they're chuckleheads sometimes, but uh, most of them have a lot of character and, they're in it for the love of the sport. Um, the the one I'm thinking of who isn't, who's got some serious problems, is uh, you know Antonio Brown. I mean, yeah. holy hell, he's spinning off the planet like Kanye. Yeah, um, but they should I, have I their just, own show. I just wanted to get a sense. I you know I wanted to get a sense from you about whether I was wrong in sensing that you know these athletes. My God, you know they're there to play a sport. And to focus on that, and they have all this other noise back there behind them. That's like a sort of Damocles, you know. It felt, I made me feel like they were the the uh, uh, athletes from Germany in the 1932 Olympics uh, yep. when uh, Psycho Boy was standing over there watching Jesse Owens beat the shit out of everybody. I was like, yeah, baby. You what's mean up? Kanye's boy? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a story for a different time. Right. Um, you're not wrong in your assessment. In we watch, we play a part in it, but the media plays a part in it mm-hmm. because we have politicized athletes to such a degree. They all have platforms now, thanks to social media, and yeah. all of their handlers and agents are telling them, you need to use your platform to this to sell your brand. They are no your longer just and- athletes. Like back in the day when you had a mean Joe Green or you had a Jack Lambert, you know what I mean? You had Mm -hmm. uh, from America the Alexi Lawlesses of the world or the Kobe Jones. Now these people are told they are a brand. Alexi Lawless is a brand. I can't stand him. I cannot stand the guy. He's so smug and pretends like he was this god of – U.S. soccer. I'm like, dude, you guys made it out of the first round once. You got beat by Iran in 98. So don't tell me that you guys were good when you weren't. Okay. You, all you had was wild hair and a goatee. And now you're a button up suit who pretends that he knows soccer really intimately. Like you were, like you played in Europe, which you didn't. But every platform exists. Pardon me. 
every player has a platform now where they are seen by not only their the people paying them but the states themselves that are in power mm-hmm. specifically when it becomes an international event they get used and propagandized for whatever the pop culture issue is you know there's nothing more prevalent than the women's soccer we know about the women's soccer they are you got Megan Rapinoe. Why do they get Why do they get half of the money that the men uh, get for winning a game they weren't involved in? Well, it's reparations. It's like you know, reparations is going to be the new fad. It's like we're paying out what we're paying out like seventy eight billion dollars or something to South America or no native tribes in Alaska and mm. Washington. We won't be doing that. Uh, for that, that's going to go by way of killing the 87,000 IRS agents. You can yeah. say goodbye to that. Say goodbye. The fact that they would even conjure this up is proof to it's another press is, release. It's another issue that they want to sell the people on. And you got right. Rapinoe, who won female athlete of the world, became this big figure. You spoke out for women's rights and pay equity. Is that the loudmouth lesbian with the uh, purple hair? Yeah, she's an athlete. Yep. Yeah, she's a moron. I get, I get her argument in the sense that they were way are way more decorated than the men. Yes, they fill up stadiums. Do they sell broadcasting right? Well, no. Do advertisers pay to put their games on TV? Do Americans tune in to watch? Women's soccer outside no. of the World Cup. No. no, they don't. It's and the I'm it's sorry. the ATP versus the WTA in tennis. I'm, I'm yeah. a huge tennis fan. It's like go there to see the dudes compete. You go there to see the women for other reasons, right? Yeah. Are they good athletes? Yes. Um, uh, do they compete on the same level as a man? No. Uh, should like they have why, the same uh, pay as a man? No. When when it's best of when it's best of five. Then you get then you got a yay coming from me. Yeah. When it's only Why best in three, that fuck they off. have yeah, in in specifically South American countries, they have club volleyball for women. They're getting paid to play this sport professionally. Naked. There's a reason <laughs> that people tune into that. Yep. And it's not because they're such fans of the game. Now, it's it's geometry, physics, and the fact that your uniform weighs three and a half ounces. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and I don't want to take any credit away from what the women's national team has done. Because well, they me, are way more this, accomplished. So, so people don't flip out if they hear this. Which if they don't, they can talk to me about it. Otherwise, they can fuck off. Um, the best thing that ever happened for women's sports when I was 14 years old was Title IX. And my friend Riley Gaines and I have talked about this ad nauseum that we're both 100% behind that. What I don't like is when you compare apples to oranges and say they're the same thing, because they're not. Women cannot compete directly in men's sports um, with a man uh, and survive. And, And guess what? God made it that way, right? 
So it's, if you want to call them equal because they're separate but equal uh, in, in terms of all women over here, pay them whatever they want, pay them what the market will bear, you know, from TV rights to individual contracts and stuff like that. But don't, don't tell me, don't sit there and try and tell me that they are, um, they are playing a game equal to a man. They are simply not. They're and that's simply just, not. I, just, I don't like that kind of intellectual uh, dishonesty. I get into especially in sports. heated arguments with the loved ones of my life, specifically the women on this exact topic. And we can mm-hmm. find uh, cooler grounds to ask questions eventually. You know, maybe in 100 or 200 years of evolution, women will be able to compete at some level, maybe in one of the men's sports um, you know, we've heard tennis. Could Serena beat Federer? No. No. Could any female golfer ever beat Tiger Woods? No. No. Like, there will never be the best woman beating the best man at a man's sport. It just, it will never happen. Yeah, and I mean, I was in high school. Like, there Billie will Jean be, King maybe played, they will uh, be able to beat the yeah. bottom end. Maybe that day will come, but... You know, football, for example. But, just... but the Bobby Riggs, Billie Jean King thing when I was in high school, that was a fucking stunt, dude. They no. might as well put clown noses on and played on a fucking tennis court with Ringling Brothers music around it. I mean, it was just a fucking stunt because the Equal Rights Amendment was still happening and yada, yada, yada. Um, it had nothing to do with um, reality. You see, and this is where the argument can go in terms of the future because obviously the physical biology of a man and woman is different. We are in a time where there is a lot of confusion being tossed around about this and people are really trying to change their natural biological chemistry. Which is insane. Which is insane, yes, but it does exist. Are women becoming better athletes uh, at an astronomical rate as opposed 100%. to 30 it's years awesome. ago. No it's doubt. Awesome. Could a woman beat me in sports right now? Sure. There, I'm sure there's female basketball players that could beat me. I'm sure there's female swimmers that could beat me. Female golfers that could beat me. Female soccer players. I'm a Joe Schmo off the street. Okay. Yeah, but that's, compl- and that's completely different though. You know, Exactly. I mean, We're talking race. about paid business professionals. Right. Could yeah, a you could female a race in that arena. Slippers, who's a terrific track and field athlete that I that I follow, and I think she's marvelous um, because she's ten years younger than you, and she's fit as a fiddle, right? But yeah. she couldn't beat her counterpart as a male in the hundred meter dash, which was my event in the um, in the Olympics uh, and in track and field in junior high no. and high school. Um, there's no way, and I don't even care about that. I want to see I, women athletes get stronger, have more, uh, have more, have more power, uh, and, uh, and, and shaping their sport, right. And getting better and winning medals and competing with the world. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I think it's great. It, there's nothing the bottom to be afraid line is, of. Is, this goes back to the biology, the mental makeup of men. We don't watch women's sports unless we have loved ones that have played in it, like daughters mm-hmm. or maybe wives. 
we don't tune in to watch the sport. Like no. the average man does not do it. Typically, we're, not. we're dogs. We're we have. But, we're but I will I will watch it. I, but I will watch women's sports um, in sports that I like because I want to see what the, like. Um, uh, there are five. There, there are about a half a dozen female tennis players that are awesome. Can any of them touch Steffi Groff? Never. Okay. So this is, but that's to the argument is you like something in a specialized sport that is near and dear to you that you will actually tune into this one specific. Most men will tune into all sports. Same with women. They have no problem. If they like sports, they will watch men's sports. Men will not tune into all women's sports and watch it as if it were men playing. They just. It's the reason they call it underwater basketball or underwater. Uh, that's really all I can think of underwater basketball or underwater soccer because they move slower. They are not as fast. They just do not have the same physical abilities as their male counterpart who are at that right. same professional level. They are physically different in Unless the market changes to where men all of a sudden enjoy watching women's sports more, the market doesn't dictate that they should make more money. Right. It doesn't. Like, if men are tuning in for whatever reason, then they will get paid for that, as they should. They'll get endorsement deals, just like male athletes. Like, there are plenty of ways, but, you know, we're going to start to hear this with, uh, what is it, the IL deals, um, the college deals, the NIL deals. You know, a lot of the top male athletes, football players specifically, are getting buku bucks. It's only a matter of time before we hear, why aren't women getting this same amount of money? It's coming. Just you wait. Why are women not getting these same NIL deals? Well, it's because women's sports don't draw the same money as a Saturday at Alabama. One Saturday at Alabama pays for all of your women's sports for the whole year. Right. Right. But, again, before Title IX, none of that happened because they weren't compelled to and there wasn't a level playing field. And and I think that Title IX over the last 50 years have uh, made sports overall better uh, and certainly made women's sports better. uh, And we've gotten an enormous number of terrific athletes out of it. I I absolutely love it for a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, during the Olympics, I absolutely watch uh, these female athletes because they are fine-tuned like a race car. Uh, at that level of competition, and I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, in the fact that when having this debate, that people have to try to find the one sport where a woman could compete with a man, and it is a non-contact sport generally, where they could compete at the same level, tells you, look, there's a difference. It's okay. And I love the difference. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. That's what and, I love. Yeah, that's what makes people people, you know? 100%. You just nailed it right there on the head, uh, Alpha Rico. Listen, man, um, 
I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, getting on here for another episode of Read the Room on the No Filter Network. The No Filter Network. You are uh, a uh, prince among men, and we will uh, we will have speaks very soon, my friend. Absolutely. Always a good time getting on the show. Love to see your face. And uh, to y- those in the audience, uh, replay this one twice. Uh, replay this one twice in the library because there was a lot of juicy tidbits. So we delved into quite a few issues. Get yourself informed here. Read the room. No filter network. I'm Uncle Rico, aka Rick Cochran. That's Mark Smith, the great one, the prodigy himself. Thank you. Hashtag juicy tidbits. Hashtag juicy tidbits. Hashtag and everybody, tidbits. Read the room. Some happy holidays. And uh, let's cheer for good old Uncle Rico to make some good picks this weekend. We've got championship weekend coming up. And for college football, this is my time of year to shine. This is your time and of year. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for TCU, man. I really want to see TCU get into these there playoffs. You go. There's a lot of good teams. You got the guy, Stetson Bennett, who could, who was a nobody, counted out, wins a national championship last year. Now he's ready to be a two-timer. Like, you can't draw up a better story than that. So, so many good storylines. Love it. Love what's happening on the network. Love what's happening right here in Read the Room. I love you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. I'll see you. Have a good one. Peace. Later. Uh-huh.